everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Monday. It's October 5th. It's 2020. And we're here for the NFL Week 4 Review Show. And uh, joined by my good buddy, Blenderhead, Jordan Cooper. How are you doing, my friend? Good. I'm, I'm in a great mood. Five-figure profit day. So, so it's time for me to berate people that didn't do what I did. <laughs> well, I had a I had a really good profit day in NASCAR, and then um, they reversed they reversed the reverse decision uh, NASCAR did, and it went from like plus five six k to barely break even. So um, it was just oh, I'm How long trying you have to, to wait on that. Is that like you have to wait out an hour, two hours? I mean, how so it was like it was almost two hours. Um, so what happened was at, at Talladega and Daytona you can't pass below the yellow line and like advance your position, but you can go down there if you get forced. And like, there was people that forced. And if you force somebody down there, they like, they black flag the person that forces them and they have to give up the position. And if it happens on the last lap of the race, they finish on the lead lap at the very end of it. So they put chase Elliott and Matt DiBenedetto towards the back, which really helped me because chase Elliott was like semi chalk. And like, I was underweight on him. And they came back and they reversed the Chase Elliott decision and said that he was forced down there, which the replay says shows that it was very, very questionable call. Um, and then they put Chris Busher, who was low owned that I was overweight on. So like it was just it was it was a lose lose situation for me. Um, but hey, it happens. And like I said, like I, I made like a hundred and forty bucks and you can always lose money. So like let's just go with it right let's just go with it <laughs> right it's, it's, i i never mind i mean yes you mind a little if uh you know the thing happens in the other direction and you go from winning a lot of money to winning money like that's better than it's it's worse when you're winning a little and then it goes to you lost a lot <laughs> right oh yeah yeah oh no i agree with that 100 percent. but but we're here to talk nfl it was an interesting week um a lot of games that had high totals. Um, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of builds that you could go in cash games this week, um, in my opinion, anyway. So we'll we'll start with cash. Um, you'll run down your cash lineup. I'll run down my cash lineup. We'll look at some bigger double ups on DraftKings using Rotogrinders Results DB. We have the twenty five and the hundred dollar one up um, as we're recording here tonight, um, Sunday night. So we'll kind of go over those. And then, um, you know, we'll look at some tournaments, you know, talk about how people kind of still didn't get leverage and, you know, what they could have done differently. So um, I'll let you kind of go through your cash lineup here and, you know, you can talk about that and then I'll go through mine and you can make fun of me and then um, we'll talk about everybody else's cash lineups. Well, we both cashed. So, I mean, so there's nothing, hey, coming up ahead of each other in double ups is the same, same thing. But I mean, I play a lot of head to heads and I I think I, I think I won nearly 90% of mine. Uh, I played, I, I, I had to go through, basically, it was a 3v3 type of construction. I ended up on Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. Uh, my running backs were Alvin Kamara, Mike Davis, and Ronald Jones. My wide receivers were DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, and Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller at tight end, and the Bengals defense. Now, the 3v3 type of situation was a quarterback. Do I go to stay at Watson or go down to Fitzpatrick and kind of, you know, do the, the old school DK, you know, cheap quarterback, enough volume. You're pretty good. 
Uh, the interesting thing was at running back. I thought they were essentially four running back plays in cash games. Kamara, Elliott, Davis, and Jones. Now, obviously, if you play Kamara and Elliott together, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. You're gonna have to you'd find somewhere to punt or something like that uh, at multiple spots. Uh, my attitude in cash games is when you could find running backs that are going to get volume underpriced, it's more important to prioritize them because wide receiver targets are actually less variant. So I'm I'm less likely to take a shot on a 4K wide receiver. But if I could find a four, a 5K level running back, they're more important. So while I would love to play Zeke in cash, I didn't. I thought it was more important to get Davis and Rojo at 4,700 in because the Fournette wasn't in and the Bucks were favored and Brady has no problem dumping the ball off and he had touchdown. I mean, for his price, his rushing prop was like 70. His touchdown equity was like minus 112 to score. I just thought I prioritized that. And then, then when I go up at wide receiver, uh, the question was, do I play OBJ? I Moore was a lock. He was going to be so high-owned, like, I'm just going to plug him in. I thought Robbie Anderson was actually a better play. I played more Robbie Anderson in GPP. But I'm just going to blo- – he's going to be so owned, I'm just going to block him. Uh, do I go up and down? If I go to OBJ, there's like uh, – who am I taking at like 5,200? I don't know. So uh, I considered Lockett or Cooper. Uh the decision came down. The reason I didn't play Lockett last week is because he's not a volume receiver. He's not someone that gets 12 targets. Uh, Russell Wilson passes the ball 35 times and he spreads it out. Lockett is the number one receiver, but I can't bank on the targets. I could bank on Dak passing the ball. And because I didn't have Zeke and I thought that the Cowboys are going to put up plenty of points, I'm going to side towards the Cowboy. So I played, uh, uh, Mari Cooper. And then I played Hunter Renfro over Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks sucks. And I don't know why you play. Why do you, what these, you don't play guys that get like four targets and have to rely on like 30 yard passes and cash games when the Raiders have no, they have no run. They have no one receiving the ball. So it's like, okay, Hunter Renfro slot receiver. He actually had a receiving prop at 60 for a $4,600 receiver to have a receiving prop at 60. Give it to me. I, uh, between him and Waller, I don't care which way the targets go. Just as long as the, they both have them, I'm not going to punt the tight end. I'll make sure I get my double-digit points at tight end. Defense doesn't matter. Uh, so that that kind of was the decision. I could have played a build. Uh, I know the Blitz had uh, OBJ as the hot. They jamming in Kamara, Elliott, and Rojo, no Davis, uh, and then playing OBJ in that spot. But I just thought Davis for 5,700 essentially is like, essentially he's Christian McCaffrey in that often. So like, I couldn't, I just couldn't see, I, I, Kamara, I wasn't fading. And then after that Davis, I wasn't fading. So it just came down to, do I jam in Zeke or do I play Rojo? And my decision was to play Rojo. I scored what, like 166 in cash. So, so I was good. Yeah. 166 gets you there today for sure. Um, you know, I scored 144.1 and like, I had a lot of, um, ice, ice flakes on my team. Um, so that's why I said you can make fun of me this week. Um, so, you know, who I'm going to make fun of you about, I, I have an idea. We'll, we'll see. Um, it's not, maybe I, it's not the person you thought I was. I, I thought you were gonna make fun of me on Drake. Um, no, no, no. I, 
Yeah, explain your explain why you played Drake over because who'd you play at running back? You played what Davis, Kamara, and Drake, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so so it really was a construction thing. Like you didn't trust Rojo, and Henderson so, was an awful play. I don't know why anyone would do. I'll discuss that later. I don't know why his ownership was that high. Like, why not play Mixon there? I debated on Mixon and Drake all week. Um, as like that last piece, and did the Q tag get you? Did the Q tag get no, you? No, not at all. No, no, okay, I knew good. he was gonna be. No, I knew he'd be fine. Um, and like all week, I was like, I'm playing Drake. I'm playing Drake. I'm playing Drake. And I was like, Mixon's in probably a better spot. I like Cincinnati to win this game. I'm playing Drake, and so I just stuck with my like initial instinct on Drake. But I played Lockett again. Um. I wanted him or Metcalf. I had I could afford Lockett, so I played him. I, I was with you on Amari Cooper. I played him as well. I was shocked by his ownership. Like this is a guy that is a target monster under seven K in cash games. Like like it made zero sense to me. Like I, I know I have the twenty five dollar double up pulled up so I could look at my team and like he was six percent owned in the twenty five dollar single right, entry. I massive. know. I, like, I opened I up like, the I opened up the two fifty because I play higher stake stuff. I open up. I'm like, okay, let let me see what side of the two v two I'm on, you know, or three v three or whatever. Right. And this is, I mean, this is not after he did well. I mean, this is like at one oh two or whatever. When whenever you get the ownership, and when I saw Amari Cooper in my cash lineup at six percent owned in the two fifty, I'm like, I hope I didn't screw up here. Yeah, I was like, like, what did I miss? Like that was my first initial reaction. Was like, what did I miss on him? But. I paired Parker with Fitz. Um, I played Trotman and I played the Cincinnati defense. Like, so my two V two that like I debated um, until like 10 minutes before lock was um, Trotman and Lockett, or it was Trotman and Lockett and Logan Thomas, or I think it was um, Cooper. No, it was no, Cooper. You would have gone down to OBJ or more. Um, no more, more. You're right, more. Right. Not Cooper. I had Cooper. Tra- no, Tra- I mean, the Thomas would have been a thousand dollars. So yeah, it was it was DJ Moore. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't like DJ Moore. I'm not playing him. So I ended up playing Lockett and played Trotman. I was like, he's gonna be chalk. I don't mind a chalk tight end in cash games. And um, he was minimum salary. He got zero points, and it didn't hurt me because the rest of the team did okay. But right, he got six snaps. What are people doing? Listen, it was fine with me. Um, I opened up my cash games and I'm like, okay, I don't know how much this trout, how much I, the Troutman thing is just the, you know, listen to a certain podcast or whoever, whatever shows are going on. Like there's, there was no way that I was prying Darren Waller at 5,200 out of my lineup. I, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, I know sure. if it was a different slate, Maybe you punt and because if I was going to play Logan Thomas, I might as well play Troutman. Like, like essentially, right, if you were going to play Waller, at, yeah, right. If you were going to play Waller, just go all the way down and who cares? Yep. Like yep. it didn't matter. It didn't matter if they got a two. Who cares? I mean, that's that was my attitude. So it's like I can't really make fun of you for for Troutman because it makes sense. If you were not going to play Waller, you could have played literally anyone. You could have just played, closed your eyes, twenty five hundred dollar guy. It would have been perfectly fine. It's just that when I opened it up and I in the two fifty double up, he's forty seven percent owned. I'm like, what the hell? And then Lockett was thirty eight percent owned. Cooks was thirty percent owned, and I'm like, I hope I'm on the right side of the three v three. And then I was really on the right side of the three v three because Troutman got a zero, uh, Cooks got a zero, and Lockett got a five point nine. So like, uh, yeah, that's how I won a lot of my head to. 
I did not. So I did a show Sunday morning. I don't usually do NFL shows Sunday morning, but I was filling in for beer makers fan on the Sunday morning show. And I was shocked. Like Jordan, I was shocked that cooks was chalk. Like he wasn't even on my radar this week, like at all. Like when full, when fuller was off the injury report and he was good to go, like cooks wasn't even on my radar. Like in tournaments, I get it. Like he's a guy that can score like a 40 yard touchdown. I get it. But like I, I never understood whatsoever that like he was like the chalk. Um, so yeah, well, it, this is what happens, Stevie. You, you, I play a lot more cash games than you do, and I follow the cash game people and whatever. Uh, the number one thing that you're doing every week is finding a wide receiver under five k that is playable. Like, because typically you're going to build constructions, and you're going to have a what you're going to have. You're going to end up somehow on a cheaper wide receiver, maybe not a $3,800 wide receiver, but someone in the 4K range, 40, somewhere in the high 4,000s. So in the beginning of the week, you look and you go, the, you know, they're playing the Vikings and the Texans have a high total. They're playing, you know, whatever. And you go, well, what's wrong with Brandon Cooks at 4,500? Right. And you go, oh, that not, what's the difference between Brandon Cooks at 4,500 and Marvin Jones Jr. at 4,900 against the Saints? Right. Well, he did bad also. He put up one point, whatever, seven points. But like, what's the what's the difference? What's the difference between that? What's Curtis Samuel? What's the difference? Hunter Renfro? What's the like? I just don't get what what's the difference. So once I start asking what's the difference, that means that means he's going to be overrunned. Because like if unless you can make a compelling case why Cooks should be 31 percent owned in the double up and Marvin Jones is two percent owned. Or and Renfro, we don't have the ownership. Renfro ended up like fifteen percent owned. Like, what's the Golden Tate? You could have played Golden Tate in that range, right? I mean, like, what's the? Is there that big of a difference that that Cook should be that owned? I mean, I mean, I get it, but it's it's Stevie. It's primarily because they, for most constructions, you needed someone in that range, and he just happened to be the guy. Yeah, I guess like if you were playing Watson too. So let's let's go. Let's kind of shift gears a little bit here. Um, we have the massive $100 double up, the massive $25 double up. These are single entry double ups that we'll be looking a little bit more at the single entry double ups throughout the year um, as we're doing this. Um, and, and so like, you know, shifting gears a little bit, like I guess if you were playing Watson, Watson was the second highest owned quarterback in cash games today. Um, if you're playing Watson, I guess like playing cooks to get like Kamara and to get potentially like Elliot, like um, I get it. It's not like Zeke was never like in my like builds for cash games this week, but I understand why people were doing it. Like I should have been more of, all right, I should play Rojo and and maybe upgrade my tight end. Like that's kind of where if I could go back and look at it more, but like Drake was Drake was just such a, I'm, I'm so done playing him. But anyway, um, like I like Drake a lot and I, I just let that, not not let me get rojo in um so but looking at the massive hundred dollar double up and twenty five dollar double up um were you shocked by any of these quarterback ownerships or did you expect like fitzpatrick and watson to be like the chalk guys yeah no no i mean i i'm what i'm looking at right now is what i expected just a matter of to the extent i didn't think lockett was going to be that i thought the difference between lockett and cooper or even evans even was going to be closer and Fuller, maybe like some that those range guys, OBJ, OBJ was 18% owned in the uh, massive double up. He was the guy I was scared about the most. 
It wasn't just Lock. I thought Lockett would end up being like 23. OBJ would be like 23. Like all these guys would be about the Amari Cooper would be like 23. And it's just like, which one? Whoa, which one do I have? And then once I saw Tyler Lockett's ownership, and then I saw Troutman's. Once I saw Troutman's ownership, I knew Lockett was going to be high because that's the only way. Why you? Why are you taking a twenty-five hundred dollar guy? I mean, I, I, that's the only reason to. And then I saw Cooks at thirty-one. And I'm like, I expected that, and, and everything else kind of made sense. I mean, outside of that, Devontae Parker was a little higher on in cash than I thought he would be. He was 27 percent on. I thought he would be like maybe eighteen to twenty. But I mean, and same for Galladay. I figured them in the same type of range. But I just, I think they're the, the two high variance players. Like I don't want to play, a, I don't want to play a dolphin in in cash games. And and like I get the punting with Fitzpatrick. So like, and I get the DJ Moore, whatever. Uh, so like, I got all of it. It's just a matter of what combination that you put them together. And I I just happened to pick the right combination. I. I my, the key the key to my cash lineup was sacrificing Zeke for the 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 cheaper running back that I take a look at Rojo getting eighty percent of the work and what maybe twelve percent target share or something like that. Mike Davis is whatever he's he's ninety percent he's on the field ninety percent of the time and getting twenty two percent of the targets. The fifty seven hundred just put him in. Same for Kamara he's in the same spot. So I look right like. Rojo's workload, yeah, yeah, Zeke's is better, sure, of course, but I'm paying half the price for it, so right. I don't have to. I don't have to play Brandon Cooks. I don't have to play Adam Trout. I don't have to play those guys. So it's like, why don't Rojo? If Rojo could give me 15 points here for 4,700, I'm good. There, I'm getting the targets of wide receiver, and then I'm I'm, I'm good. So really, that. I was I, I was one of the few that went with that type of construction. Most people went with Elliot Kamara and then one of Rojo or Mike Davis. Most chose Mike Davis, but if you did that, it led you to Troutman, it led you to Cooks, and, and then you had to basically, if you played Lockett, you died. And if you played anyone else, even if you played Allen Robinson, you would have probably done fine because most of those lineups ended up like in like the one ten type of range. So you turn you turn Lockett and you add twenty points to that, you 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 probably came close to the cash line. So, like it's I I didn't play Lockett last week, remember? And I got I got you know my my ass handed to me because he scored forty points. But I said the same thing last last week. Like I have I have other options, so I don't have to take a guy that that is probably not going to get ten targets, and I don't care if Russell's cooking or not. Yeah, that's uh, again like I think one thing that kind of saved my cash lineups today from being like an ultimate dud with three guys like really sucking was Amari Cooper. Like, let's just be honest. Like, Fitzpatrick second half and Amari Cooper. Like, you know. So, um, I just uh, the Amari Cooper low ownership thing. Like, I don't get it either. I'm I'm I was stunned. Like, I thought maybe guy... I did something wrong. Like. I, yeah, I thought he would come under Lockett. I thought he would come under Parker. I thought he would be one of the lower, owned, but lower owned at like 18%. I mean, like if he was 18% owned, OBJ was, I thought OBJ was going to be 30% in cash and he wasn't. So when OBJ is going nuts, I'm going, oh no, there, go, there goes my day. And then I'm like, okay, he's not really even owned that much in cash games. And then Coop, and then they're down. So of course, Dak throws for 500 yards. 
And of course, <laughs> of course, my most exposed uh, GPP stack three plus one is to, is the Browns Cowboys game, and yeah. I'm way over the field on Mixon. So I'm like, at, there were times towards the end of the early games where I was like, I was the fir- I was in first place in the play action. I was in you know like second place in the slant. I have, you know, I ended I ended up with the, I mean that's why I had a very good day. I ended up with a ton of lineups in like the top 100 of most GPPs. So, I mean, I may not came in first or top five, but, you know, when you come in like 12th and 16th and and 18th and all of that and those type, you know, where each of those is like a thousand or 750, I mean, it all adds up. Yeah. So let's get into, I think nothing else that we really need to cover as far as like cash games. I feel like kind of broke everything down that, you know, we wanted to kind of talk about here, um, you know, like tight ends. Uh, tight end was like Trotman was massively owned Logan Thomas. Like they took up 64% average roughly <laughs> like 64% got a grand total of 1.9 in their lineup. Logan Thomas had like one catch for eight yards in a game yep. where Haskins threw 45 times. Yeah. Like, and like everybody else was really low owned across the board in, in cash games. Um, I guess we don't have um, the ownership yet on Waller. You played yeah, the him, late though. games aren't in results DB yet, but it, he he ended up being like eighteen percent or something. Okay, so like he hit, hit like he was that third guy, and then like you had a mix of like Hawkinson, Schultz, uh, Gasecki. Some people played Gronk. A little bit of people played Henry. Um, you know, uh, nothing really to cover there. Uh, and then like defense. Defense didn't really matter. No one really put up an outlier score or anything. Yeah, like there was only what two defenses that, or three defenses that went for ten plus, or two defenses that went for ten plus. I think one of them like, was the Colts I, in the late games, but like no one. Well, put yeah, up and the the Rams I think put up eleven. Um, the Lions on the early slate put up ten, but like nothing. Like defense wasn't going to kill you. Like if you went Bucks, you went Bengals, you went Ravens, Texans, like. Whoever you went at defense, like nobody had like a two touchdown interception day at defense. So like it wasn't even in tournaments, we can talk about defense and like there's just not much to talk about as far as defense goes today. Um, let's talk tournaments. Um, can I can I ask you a question? The number one thing in, in t- tournaments, the, the, the thing that like like this is who pays the rake. I know there are probably people out here out there that played this guy. Why in the world was Daryl Henderson 23 plus percent owned? And now you got to look and see how much I played him. I know, like, I played him in cash. <laughs> I played him in cash on FanDuel. <laughs> no, I played him in cash on FanDuel. Um, I will say that. Like, he was cheap over there. I did really well in fan, FanDuel cash as well. Nobody played Cooper and Tyler Boyd on FanDuel, and they were both like, Tyler Boyd was 6K on FanDuel, and nobody played him in cash games. And I'm looking at running back ownership on an average. So this is an average over the spy, the mega millionaire, the regular Millie, the play action and the slant. So just on average, here were the highest owned running backs. Uh, We had uh, Kamara at 57% aggregate ownership across those contests. You know, number two, Daryl Henderson at 23 Mike Davis was 22, Ronald Jones 20, Elliott 17, Drake 17, Cook 17, James Robinson 14, David Johnson 9. Why the I real I want to curse. 
I had I know Daryl Henderson. He gets 50% of the snaps. Michael Brown is still there. He had a big game because they were up by God knows how much and just running down the field. So like what he's 50, he's, he's the same price as like Davis and Mixon and Drake. And there's so many guys, David Johnson, there's Carson and there's tons of guys in that range. Like why, 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 why a guy that's, he's essentially Josh Kelly. I mean, like if you think about it for the chargers, there's a guy that catches the, that, that like, he's, he's not like a prolific pass catcher or anything. If the Rams have a three touchdown lead, they're just feeding him the ball. And of course, I guess people just looked at that spread and said, I'm assuming the Rams are up by three touchdowns and Daryl Henderson gets 23 to 25 carries again. But I'm looking at that guy. I mean, I thought he would be like 15% owned and I'd still have none of them. But at this ownership, I'm just, I'm, I'm baffled. It's just people looking at the game log and it wasn't like just in low stakes. Like actually he was higher owned in the higher stakes. He was 28% in the spy. Like, did I just not get the memo? I mean, I just... Am I not making any sense? He, out of all these running backs that I mentioned, he's the one that has the least amount of snap share and the lowest target share. So why, why are you playing them on DraftKings in a PPR site? Yeah, I, I played, um, he was my sixth highest on running back. Um, I think I played eight guys. So like, um, listen, I, I, I guess mean, I, am felt... I not, and at least, am I at least stating the case properly? No, like everything you're saying made sense. Like, I feel like a lot of people who played Daryl Henderson were like me and were like, all right, the Rams should control the game. They should pound the ball after they get up by a couple touchdowns. And like Henderson, he was trending in the right direction as far as like carries and stuff. But like, this is another reason why we shouldn't be looking at just a three week sample size and being like, oh, he's trending in the right direction. We should plug him in. And like Sean McVay plays the hot hand and he's played the hot hand for, you know, what, two years now. So um, I fell victim to it. Like my highest own running back in um, tournaments was Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis, Ronald Jones. So um, I was underweight on Kamara, but I think Kamara was good chalk. Um, like, you know, you talked about him being the highest on running back. He was good chalk. No, Mike Thomas. If you take into account like his catches and like how much work he gets, like you can't predict Latavius Murray um, scoring two touchdowns on him and both of these guys scoring 20, but and he was um, on the field when those touchdowns got scored. Yeah, it a, exactly. It was a misdirection yeah. play. Yep. They ran the same play twice for two touchdowns. Yep. Um, so no, yeah, but like, here, here's here's the point that I'm making. Uh, I played Mixon in 25% of my lineups. I played 10% of my lineups with Chris Carson. Uh, the main reasons, not because I like Chris Carson or Joe Mixon. Uh, they both were in favorite spots. I mean, they both had good prop. I mean, they they both were fine. Uh, Mixon had a questionable tag on Saturday added. But if you actually read that it was extremely minor, like it's yeah. not, it, it, he was going to play 100%, yep. no problem. Like it's not anything that, that the fact that he, I didn't even have to check to see if he was active. Like I knew he was playing, but I knew the Q tag would move his ownership from maybe 15% down to who knows how low. And I'm like, if he's going to be on single digit owned, I'm jumping all on. I'm just, I'm just going to go. I'm going to way over because like, I'm not playing anyone else in that game. I'm not playing stacks of that game at all. So one off mixing he's in, and I can play him with Mike Thomas and with Mike uh, Davis in lineups where I'm like paying up for like Cooper and like the high price receivers. And then Chris Carson, the same thing. Once Hyde was ruled out, you know, who's in, in, inactive at 1130. I didn't originally have Carson, but like once you took Hyde out, 
and so many people were going to be on the Seattle passing game. I'm like, I got to put, I, I got to put Carson and I got to take 10 percent. I got to find a spot for him, but even more, see, this is where I'm going to scold you, CV with the Daryl Henderson crap. Uh, you'll, you knew Daryl Henderson plays for the Rams. They were in the late games. Devin Singletary was the same price. And Zach Moss was inactive, ruled inactive at what? 320 or whatever, three, three o'clock. So you're telling me that, that the Singletary with like, no, now he's, now he's getting like 80 plus percent snap share without Moss there. Just like we had it last week. Like, why didn't you just swap Henderson out for Singletary? Singletary came in at 4% owned. Well, I will, you, you can scold me. Um, I, Unless you just like Henderson, okay? I'm, 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 I no, know. no, it was more. It was more of like NASCAR started at two o'clock today, and um, oh, my football see. lineups were my football lineups were that what they were. Um, I told you before we got started that like this week was I played like the twenty entry max, some single entry stuff with one lineup throughout cash and single entry, and that was it for football for me this week because like my full focus this week was NASCAR because it was Talladega. It's a really good profitable race for me, so. Had I saw that, maybe I make the switch. Maybe I don't. Um, I probably don't make it still. I did like Singletary, um, you know, kind of coming into the week. But I will say, I think the most shocking thing to me this week um, at running back, it, just looking at like tournament ownership, was Mixon. Like, I did not expect, like, I had, I think, at 25%. So I did not expect Mixon to be that low um, whatsoever. Like, the. I don't know. Um, did I people not? Him, I thought he would be. I I I pictured in my head on Friday. I'm like Mixon is coming in probably around seventeen percent, eighteen percent. That's what I thought. I mean, that was the normal projected ownership. Uh, and then once I saw the Q tag, I'm like, that eighteen is going to come down to like ten. I'm going to be like, it's ten nine, and I'm like, yeah. I want to I want to get like three times, two or three times that. So that's why I had like 24, 25%. Then when I saw that, like in the spy, he's 3%. In the, in the milli, he was 3.7%. The play action, 3.4%. The $9 slant, he was nearly 6%. When I saw that, I'm like, to, to me, that's just like extra value. It's like, when, when I, I, was, I, was, I was like through, I mean, he didn't even do well in like the first quarter, but like as far as the choice to play him, if you told me before the slate that he was going to be 3% owned, maybe I take even more than him. The other guy um, that like, I felt like was a great leverage play this week. And I talked about this on the podcast this week. I talked about it on my live show Sunday morning was Dalvin cook. And like, he was the excellent leverage off of Kamara and Elliot, in my opinion. And like, this is not, results oriented whatsoever. Um, like obviously cooked it better than both of those guys, but like going into the slate, like he was my favorite leverage play um, off of like Kamara and, and like Elliot. Um, and, and like, he wasn't like as low owned as I had thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be in like the 12 to 14 range. And most tournaments he was like in that 15 to 20 range, depending on like the tournament you paid in um, higher stakes. It seemed like he was a little bit um, higher on, but like, I thought like coming in, like he was like an excellent leverage play. Um, people forget like just how much Dalvin cook is involved in the offense in general. Yeah. I thought with the Texans stack being kind of chalky, 
right? With Watson being chalky, Cooks being chalky, Fuller getting ownership. Like, it would. why wasn't Cook or Thielen or Jefford? Like, it seemed like the Vikings, like, it seems natural. Like, if you're going to build a 3-1, you go Watson, Cooks, Fuller, Cook, and you're done. I mean, like, like it made sense. And you could have played them as, you could have played them as a one-off. You could have played them, you could have played Cook and Fuller as a secondary correlation. But that's pretty much what I did. I used Cook primary in lineups because I, I had Fuller. And I had Watson stacks. Uh, so so to me, that makes the most sense. And in builds where you're playing a cheap tight end, if you're fitting in Adam Troutman in your lineup, you could play Cook with Kamara or Elliott. So it's not like he was that cost prohibitive. But I, I'm, I'm always amazed when I see chalk teams and their opponents kind of coming in un, less owned than I would expect. Let's well, educate the people, Blender. Um, this week we saw... Uh, Will Fuller, 15.75% average in the tournaments. We have five tournaments pulled up. We have the play action, which is a 20 entry max $4 tournament or $3. I think it's $4. It's $3. Is it three? It it like fluctuates in each sport. Um, The slant, which is the $9 we talk about has one of the best. Those two tournaments have like the best payout structures. If you're like MME, like if you're putting in 150 for the slant or the 20 entry for the 20 entry max, and then we have the Millionaire Maker. We have the Mega Million, which was the 4,444. And then the 500K Spy, which is $100. So we talked about this a lot last week, and I just wanted to bring it up again this week. And I feel like we're going to continue to bring it up because we're trying to not only educate people, but like help people. Um, like, Blender, I'm looking at Cooks at, let's say, just on average 17.5 and Fuller 15, almost 16%. But then I'm looking at Adam Thielen at five percent. <laughs> right, I, I like. How do you play? Because a, a lot of people probably played Watson with Cooks with Fuller. How do you stack that and not have Thielen more? Like, like uh, okay. So even if Cooks was your run back, which doesn't make a ton of sense either. Like, what? Like. I'm not crazy, right? Like this when I when I was looking through these and I was like, wow, people really like like Watson here. I have my my DraftKings lineup HQ is still up. My I have mine up also. And I'm looking and stacks, I had I had Thielen and, and Jefferson in 15% of my lineup. So and I'm playing Texan stacks. Why the why the hell wouldn't I? So every so I made five stacks in the 20 entry max, five different quarterbacks, five stacks. Um 15 to 20 percent so i played 20 percent houston stacks um and Thielen was every, every single one like every single one was Thielen. so i don't get why if you're going to stack the houston side i i i get it and you get it but like we're trying to educate like building the the plus ev teams is going to help you in the long run and that's you know what this show is supposed to be trying to help people with and like he was the one that stood out to me the most like People ran back Miami, Seattle. People ran back Dallas and Cleveland. DJ Chark was another one. Like a lot of my Burrow Boyd teams, I ran back with Chark. Um, and like he was low owned. Like, I don't know. I, like, we can't preach this shit enough. Like, and it's just like, we're going to keep doing this every week. There's going to be something that stands out. But this one, like Adam Thielen, 5%, and these guys almost combined. 32% like this is a big one. Yeah, it, it's it's 
things that boggle my mind. Here's another one that boggles my mind because we see that we saw it with the Seattle Miami game. Metcalf, average ownership, 18%, Lockett, 22, Parker, 25. He's the obvious run back. Fitzpatrick was the highest owned quarterback, right? So, like, it was, you know, those types of stacks. Yet, you take a look at the the Dallas-Cleveland game, and Cooper, average ownership was 11%. Dak was seven, four, 9% single digits. CeeDee Lamb, who I was way over on because I thought people would overreact to his last game, he was 8%. Like Landry, 7%. Odell Beckham was 18%. But like, like how did, not, how did people not piece those together? Like I just, it's the, okay, you did the Texan stack, but you didn't run it back with a Viking. And then you'd, you have no problem highly correlating Seattle, Miami, yet seems like the, the, the Dallas Cleveland game was kind of like, oh, I could possibly do this and whatever. Like nothing seems cohesive together. Uh, no, you're not crazy. Like, it's, I mean, uh, this is what I look at every morning after, after NFL, I mean, in NBA, MLB, all that type of stuff where I look and, and it, sometimes it's the sharper players. Sometimes, I mean, I'll go through 30 sharp players and there's some of them, I'm like, oh, that was an interesting way. And, oh, I didn't think about correlating that. And you see a ton of good liners. And sometimes you see guys that are like, if you're going to play 50% of your liners with Texans and you have zero Adam Thielen in your pool, like, then you screwed up. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't care what it says on your RG leaderboard. Like, that doesn't make any sense, Right. Like to have to oh, have I'm a, a with three, you. <laughs> right. It, it's a three man Texan stack. It's literally Watson, Fuller, Cooks. Some people had Aikens or something like that. And then you go and they have like eight percent cut there, and they have the Texan stack in like forty percent of hundred and fifty lineups. And then Cook, Dalvin Cook is like eight percent. And then they have zero Thielen and zero Jefferson. And I go, like what? Like so, so the Texans just—I guess the Texans win forty-nine nothing here. I get, I, I get that way. You think it's going to happen? <laughs> Listen, I, okay, so yeah, like I was just looking. I try to narrow down like four quarterbacks to four stacks that I like in the twenty-inch max. I think that like this week it was a little bit tougher to do that, so I ended up doing six. So I had, I had fifteen percent Wilson stacks, twenty percent Watson stats, fifteen percent Allen stacks, fifteen Dak, 15, twenty fits and 15 burrow um but like all of them with either one or two pieces of their team and then one or two pieces of the other team um so i don't know um my, again my, like my, yeah go ahead uh just to go over my five in in large field gpp uh my main stacks were allen prescott watson stafford and mayfield like I was playing the reverse of the Dallas. I mean, I was playing Mayfield with either Landry, uh, OBJ, or Hooper, and then run it back. And I had some, I had some super stacks. So like I would play yeah. like Mayfield and two pass catchers, and then have Zeke and Lamb, or Cooper and Schultz, and or do stuff like, or I would have Dak, Cooper, Schultz, or I would have like Dak, Cooper, Lamb, and then also have OBJ and Hooper. Like something like so three plus twos, because I was just heavily targeting those primarily those games. I had Josh Allen the same way, 
with, you know, multiple Raiders and multiple Bills. I mean, that didn't end up working out. And same for Stafford. Like I had Stafford, Galladay, Jones, Hawkinson, something like that. And then I played Kamara, Troutman, Traquan Smith. He had two touchdowns. I had him in those kind of super stacks. And then I was like, I was just way under on the Seattle, Miami. I had three Russell Wilson stacks and six Fitzpatrick stacks. And that they would, they would kind of there is like, ah, that, that could, that could work out. And I tried to make them a little more contrarian. But if you see that, like, I'm not playing the cowboy. Like I had a ton of OBJ. If I'm going to play tons of cowboys, if I want to play tons of that game, I'm going to have every, I mean, right. If I'm going to play tons of Kamara, why wouldn't I have Galladay, Jones, Hawkins? Why wouldn't I have Lions? If I want to play a ton of, uh, uh, I mean, I also play 10% of Hopkins. That didn't work out. But if I'm going to play a ton of Mike Davis, like, why don't I play DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the game? Like, I, I, I always look for those types of situation. You know, if I'm going to play Ronald Jones, let me f- figure out what charger I want to play. Ah, oh, tight end sucks. I'll play Hunter Henry. That didn't get there, but at least it makes sense. But sometimes you go through... And a lot of sharp players, that is what they do. So I don't want to make it out that like, oh, sharp players are bad. And me and Steve are the only two people that know what we're talking about. That's not what we're trying to do by any means. Right, we're the two old guys on the Muppets on the balcony. No, most sharp players do do this. But sometimes they do make mistakes. Sometimes it's an oversight. Sometimes you look and you go, wow, I can't believe they played so much of that guy without any correlation with the other side of the game. We've all been there. We've all like, whether you're rushing to build lineups or you're adjusting the news and you just make a mistake on like we've all been there um so yeah um like my best team on dk was a 195 and it was a fitz parker gasecki metcalf run back with um cooper and landry um with mixon and davis at running back so like i i had a few of the the three-man stacks as well um so Three one is kind of what I usually will typically do when I do that. I feel like three two, you really like if you three two the Cleveland Dallas game today, you probably crushed. Like so, three two works sometimes, but you don't get forty nine to thirty eight games all the time. Um, well, also so, it depends on the pieces. Like it's it, yeah. if you could do it with cheap pieces, like my three twos of that game included like Hooper or Schultz in a tight end spot because they're four K tight ends, and all I need is like a touch if I get double digits from them. Like I'm good. Like I'm not, I'm not, I never, I didn't pair Cooper and Gallup together. Like it just that they're two six K receivers. It's hard for them both to get there. So it's real, really has to do. That's why with the Raiders Renfro Waller, I mean, they're cheaper. So like, I don't mind that. Or like John Brown is 5,100. I mean, there were ways to kind of piece three twos together, but like in the Seattle game, Wilson Lockett, Metcalf, Parker, Gazicki. I mean, just, you just spent all your money. I guess you're playing Adam Troutman twice in that lineup. The winning lineup in the 20 inch max, because that's what I have up in front of me, was a Dak Cooper, CD Lamb, Odell Beckham stack. And like you got Cooper and Lamb, you know, right around that 10% mark. So you were able to get like they went Dalvin Cook, Ronald Jones, Joe Mixon. So they got your cheap pieces that you were talking about with CD Lamb, Ronald Jones. Like they had Aikens for Houston as the tight end who put up seven points. But when you have that combo, um, it didn't really matter. So, yeah, I think again, like the point of the show is not to say we did everything right. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I did wrong today. Like I should have 
talk myself off of Kenyon Drake, but I didn't. So like, that's not what the show is about. The show is kind of going back, looking at what people did and where you could, you know, better yourself as a player. That's why, you know, you talk about it all the time. You wrote a whole freaking book um, talking about how, you know, roster construction and everything like that. Like, you have talked about it for years on like how you start your process every day, going back and reviewing what's working, um, what's not working, what people are doing right. Like this is something that like I did before results DB and the results DB makes it so much easier to do this now um, that like, where, where did I miss? Where did I miss this week? What did I do? Right? Like I didn't have as much Odell Beckham as I probably should have. Like, that's one thing. Like I went really high on Landry just to be different. So and also understand it's yeah. not it's not a results based like right. to me I look at this so I'm looking across all the GPPs just like we have average wise I see Devonte Parker at 25% Lockett at 22% Metcalf at 18% right I'm taking a look at that Seattle Miami game and then I ask myself before the slate started I was under on Seattle Miami not because I didn't think the game was good I just thought the game would be over-owned for its probability. Was I right? Not on If Seattle-Miami put up 100 points, I would have still looked at 25% Devontae Parker and said, if you would have told me he's 25% owned, I would have barely any of them. So, like, my decision would not have changed. I look at the ownership of Tyler Lockett and go, I was under on him. I look at the ownership of DJ Moore, who I was way under, and I played a lot more Robbie Anderson. Like, looking at the ownership... If Amari Cooper was 10, I figured Amari Cooper would be 15% and I had like 24% of him. Like I, CeeDee Lamb, I thought would be under-owned. Okay, he was under-owned. I, I, that's all I do is I just look through. I thought Thielen would be under-owned. He was under-owned. I don't want to be surprised by, I knew Galladay would be owned. He actually was, oh, he was more owned than I thought he was going to be. So maybe I should have been a little less on the lines. So it's not about, did they do well? It's about, I made decisions based on ownership and probability. And if Seattle, Miami went off and I lost today, then so be it. But if I look at these numbers and go, why are they, why is the Seattle, Miami game twice as owned as the, of the Dallas Cleveland game? Like that doesn't make any sense. So I'm just, I'm, I'll play the game. That's going to be less, less owned. It's still going to be a popular game, but it's going to be a less owned one. And if, it, it just worked out that way. So it's not a matter of like, I called the, I didn't call any, I don't call plays. I don't call picks. Like you said, Stevie, I've been saying this for years. It's about lineups, not players. You're building a lineup to maximize on an outcome. So how did you maximize if Seattle, I, I played some Seattle Miami lineups. I just didn't have many of them right. just in case that game went off. But I also have lineups of, the Raiders and the bills. How does that lineup get constructed? So if that game goes off, you win, you want to build as many of those types of lineups that you can. And obviously the high total games, probably more likelihood of doing so. And if you could play a $5,800 running back, 3% owned at home, when he's finally a favorite, uh, you know, with a rookie quarterback against a bad run defense, like how do I, that had a Q tag, and people would be scared off of how do I, how do I, how do I not just jam that in? Yeah, for sure. And like that game in general, uh, both bad defenses. We kind of thought like, I thought that game was going to be competitive. It was a game that like I took a little bit of a stand, especially like 
going back and looking at like ownership and like where my ownership was on like Chark and Boyd and stuff. Like, I guess I took more of a stand in that game than I had originally thought I was going to, but there's always, there's always football games on every given slate that you think are going to be a little bit more popular than they really are because like those chalk few games are always going to get that like ownership, but like, look at the Minnesota game. Like, Minnesota Houston seemed like it was going to be chalk, but like you look at all the Minnesota pieces and like everybody played Houston, nobody ran it back with Minnesota. So like, just make sure at the end of the day, make sure you're building plus EV teams, building those teams that are going to win you a tournament. If you want to build teams that are going to cash a tournament, play double ups. Um, like, I'm sorry. That's how I feel. We didn't talk about the, the 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 worst thing that happened on the slate. Tyler Boyd's touchdown getting called back? No, that, that may be for you. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns. <laughs> and, and like, what it happened didn't he... there? That the Chargers Buccaneers game went for like sixty plus points, and no one got there. I mean, he... like it's it, it's amazing that that game. Like, if you had Brady and Miller and Evans and Jones and then whoever on the charge, you still didn't get like that game at 60 points. You had a stack still wouldn't have won you anything. Well, the Chargers, like that was the touchdowns. problem, right? Like the Chargers, nobody really went off. Like Keenan Allen didn't go off. Like none of the Chargers pieces went off. Like you look at like, if, if you like randomly stack like a, a minus EV three Tampa stack with no Chargers, you probably did really well. <laughs> But even then, no, well, when Dak throws for 500 yards, you don't. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, that, that was yeah. really the key. But when Brady's throwing, because he threw five touchdowns to five different people. So, like, and then Ronald Jones is dropping them all over the place. So he can't, he, he can't even get one of them. Keyshawn Vaughn has to get one of them. <laughs> right. Rojo hey. had like three or four drops. I'm sitting there. I mean, I, he Rojo got like 21 points, but he could have easily crushed the entire slate. And also, with the touchdown variance, I said I said it last week. Touchdown variance affects running backs more than wide receivers. Kamara got vultured twice. Kamara could have had 32 points, not 20. Zeke got Zeke. I think Zeke got in and they just didn't challenge it. And then Pollard took it in. So Zeke could have had six more points. There are tons of I mean, I Drake probably could have gotten in once. There's so many. Uh, so much touchdown variance with running backs that if you're taking a look and you're going like, oh, maybe maybe I should have faded Kamara. Like, he got tw- he got 20 points with, I mean, barely doing anything. Right. And he should have gotten those two touchdowns if, if they didn't play that play. So don't necessarily just look at the results and how they got there. Wide receiver targets on the other end. If you played Adam Troutman and he didn't think snick snaps and no, and no catches was in his range of outcomes – then you're just delusional. Yeah. No. <laughs> but but also he could have came out and had eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown, right? With no cook and no Tom. And, and that was his in, his in his range of outcomes also. So that's why, like, he's not a dumb play. Just understand that you're playing a rookie tight end that it's like in, in the fourth game of the season. Like it, this could this could be anything. Josh Hill is still there. Like so. Like, just understand that Brandon Cooks, very wide range of outcomes. 
He just happened to get the lowest part of his outcome range with his zero. What, was he even on the field? Stills is catching passes. Cobb is catching <laughs> passes. I'm looking out there. I have him in Texan stacks, and I know that I don't have him in cash, but like every time on red zone, they get the Texans are coming back, and it's like I don't even see him out there. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, was um, – was Allen Robinson's like what do you have twenty six like the quietest twenty six fantasy points ever or what like <laughs> just you know, that game was kind of I mean because no one played that it was, game this is crazy like um I don't I don't think they're on the mains I don't even know if they play next week but like Allen Robinson Nick Foles it, it, it looks to be like a real like connection like that we probably need to take notice of really really fast um if they. Cause like that was not the easiest matchup against the Colts, and like he still put up. I I want to look at like the target share and stuff, but um, who else did the Bears throw the ball to? Even if it was Trubisky, Allen Robinson right. is like the only talented person on the team. No, I I get I get that too, but like you know, with that mindset, like this is a guy that was what two percent owned, three percent owned, so less than that, he was one percent owned. Yeah. So uh, again, like it's just you know, wide receivers have so much more ceiling. I feel like than like an everyday running back. So and like running backs have high ceilings too. But like these wide receivers, like Beckham thirty eight, Cooper thirty six, like Mixon forty five. Like they they have ceiling. Um. So, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, we, we got a two game. Slate tonight because of the the rescheduled game, Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, Tune in tonight. Uh, Me and uh, STL Cards will be doing, instead of doing the showdown show before the Monday night football, that we're doing the two-gamer at 6 p.m. Eastern uh, because DK, just out of the blue, two-game slate, Millie Maker. Of course, you got to do it that. You got to have a completely negative EV contest when, uh, when they reschedule a game. So we'll be talking about that slate. Yeah, and uh, if you want to play a better tournament, play the play action three three dollar twenty entry max. Like, look at the payout structure for the two, and like, you're not going to win a million sexy. bucks. But... It's not sexy. You want to win six figures, Stevie. Even if second Listen. place is only a hundred dollars. <laughs> Listen, I don't even care. Like twenty grand for your somebody is going to put in a max of sixty bucks and likely probably maybe split on a two game slate, but like, like it's still one of the best tournaments bang for your buck. Like if you're, even if you're playing for like entertainment value of watching the two games, like 60 bucks for entertainment with a 20 K up top, like that's still a really strong payout structure. Like DK doesn't think so. If, unless it's, unless it's 800 (laughs) figures, unless you could see six, 16 zeros after it, we can't do it. I love, by the way, I love playing Rodgers over Mahomes. I know you're going to do a show, but um, I can I can throw that out there already that I love playing um, Rodgers over Mahomes, and I love going back to Russell Gage. Um, I, I know he got hurt, but like the, he is a very he's a staple in this offense. Like he's a staple. There you go. He has to make there. me money back from his concussion. So I'll there you go. Him. He's going to. There you go. Well, make sure you're checking that out. We'll be back um, tomorrow talking baseball. I think it's a four-game slate. Yeah, four-game slate for baseball for Tuesday's podcast. There is a two-game slate for baseball on Monday. It's a really strong slate. Uh, You got Cole, Snell, Bassett, McCullers. Um, Like, without even, like, digging into it too much, um, 
bankroll management because like there's so many range of outcomes that can happen with those pitchers and those teams. So um, if I was going to do anything, I'd probably load up on the Yankees. So uh, that's going to wrap it up here for the week four NFL review morning grind. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Again, if you have any recommendations, you want us to talk about anything, free, feel free to reach out. We had a lot of great uh, feedback last week. So uh, with the first show. So if you have any comments or anything like that, reach out. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking baseball. Good luck in Monday Night Football. Good luck in baseball, and we'll see you then.